Beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. I don't think it's so black and white, but I think it can shine light on why we don't give the benefit of the doubt. But I think too, what we what would be important to hit on because what Trey posted today kind of made, it made a lot of sense actually, the video that you posted. So I think we should also kind of maybe try to hit on, if we can authentically, um, what we like about it. Like the benefits that we see from like, do we notice any fruit in our, communities that we whether it be twitter whether it be our actual church community you know what i'm saying yeah 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 i think i think that, that's kind of it because ultimately when i when i spoke of like when i originally talked about the benefit of the doubt whatever it was in my mind thinking of like <clears throat> when we don't extend the benefit of the doubt it is it is a barrier to community like it is um yeah. but at the same token like i like your question but it sounds like 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 robert was saying a follow-up because to me yeah like Getting to racial justice, that's just one thing on the street. Dude, just a lot of times people hop in my mentions and before we even get there, like I'm, I'm already on, on high alert. Like, okay, what are your motives? You know what I'm saying? Because like, um, it's almost like an honor contest. When we talk about benefit of the doubt, there, because we have taught, been taught that word benefit of the doubt, steeped in whiteness and white supremacy, what you can never quantify is how much your mindset around that phrase has been shaped by a colonized worldview yeah. and colonized yeah. theology. And so even when we say like what you said is it is a barrier or hindrance to community, I would say, no, it isn't. I would say we teach our children from the age of being babies to not give the benefit of the doubt. We teach them not to because we say that looks like a stranger. This is mommy. This is daddy. And what does that teach them? That teaches them mommy is safe. Stranger is not safe. That automatically presupposes one gives danger and one is warmth and home and safety and so i think as we grow up a colonized worldview teaches us the opposite it teaches us that the very people who have proven to be harmful it they should give us warm fuzzies that is toxic theology and the oh stop 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 this (laughs) needs to be on the recording bro Welcome to Three Black Men Podcast. Three Black Men. Three Black Men. So this is our first official episode. Welcome, fellas. Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. Let's oh, go. Bad Negro, man. <laughs> so I'm excited. What? How are you guys doing? What do you guys feel about this new podcast? It's, it's lit, man. Let's go. Like I'm, I'm so ready. 
Yo, we out here. Ain't it? It's too late now, ain't it? Yeah, we, <laughs> we in there like yeah. swimwear. Let's go. We baby. out here, ain't we? <laughs> and we should probably introduce ourselves for the uninitiated, right? Yes, mm. truly. Yeah, man. I'm Trey. I don't know how to act. Is what it is. Y'all can follow me on Twitter at Pastor Trey05. So y'all can see him not act right. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> I'm Sam. Uh, I'm a bit rough around the edges. <laughs> yes. Um, but we here, man, and we love God. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SamG0727. Oh, that's that bot account. Um, <laughs> that's a Russian troll right there. <laughs> Father God. Um, so I'm Robert. <laughs> and I do act right most of the time, especially in public. Comparison. Yes, Ew, in public. public. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Um, especially in comparison to my compatriots. And um, you can I'm follow offended. me. You can follow me on Twitter at Robert J. Monson, but don't be hurt feelings. Uh, <laughs> don't get beside yourself <laughs> out get, here in these Twitter streets. Because <laughs> I do drop some truths, but I do make you laugh and cry too. So um, <laughs> it never yeah. made me cry, dog. Yeah. Well, there was that one time. There was that one. There was that one time. That one time at band camp. We not here to talk about. Yeah, that. I know. Yeah. Oh so, um, so on the podcast today, I'm excited because we are going to be talking about the benefit of the doubt, how we extend the benefit of the doubt, how that concept has been co-opted how it's been colonized, who, sh- who should we give the benefit of? Oh, you doubt? started off all real. We, we five minutes in, you already dropped the C word. We talked yeah. about already, let's go. Who, who should we give oh. the benefit of the doubt to? Um, yeah, <laughs> so. Everybody black. <laughs> yeah, so. Everybody. So, so that's on uh, the table today. And yeah, so let's talk about it. Um, let's talk so, about it. Yeah, so let's talk about it. So I, I I will say just for a little bit of context is we had been kicking some ideas around for uh, what we would talk about today. And initially we had been having a conversation about people we don't extend the benefit of the doubt to, and we'll get into that in a bit, and people that we do and why or why not. And it it's, um, sparked this whole conversation that to me, I thought was pretty fruitful. And the guys wanted to bring this uh, conversation from the group chat to our podcast. From the so, group chat to the podcast. That, that should have been the, da- the daggone name of this podcast, truth be told. All right, keep going, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here we are. So what do you guys think about it? Um, so... So your initial thoughts on the benefit of the doubt and how we extend it, who we don't extend it to, or what do you want to add even into the context of the conversation? Yo, since we're here, I'm going to go in, right? I just, um, I'm jumping in here first. I'm going to be honest because of just sort of how my life is um, patterned out to be. uh, A lot of mistrust. It's... Hard initially for me to extend the benefit of the doubt to white people, 
just in general, because I've noticed, and matter of fact, Bradley Mason tweeted this um, a couple of days ago. He said, I worry that generally speaking, reform folk define racism and sexism so narrowly that they cannot include them they cannot include them or their forebears, but define Marxism, woke, and feminism so broadly that everyone that um, they disagree with in those areas fit those categories. And hey, that's a bar. For yeah. real. And, I, and sure. I, I extend it not just from reform people, but just our reform people. I look at it's on both sides. I've seen it from big evan- evangelicals i've seen it from non-christians i've seen it from whoever you see be pacific <laughs> i've seen Good. it from white people okay every genre category however you want to slice that up i've seen that and so even now there's a distrust initially that's kind of like well what's your motive you know what I'm saying? Are you yeah. trying to manipulate me in some way? Do you want me to just believe what you say because you said it because that's how my life has ex- historically been? Yeah, experienced. Yeah. Okay. I think that's really real. Um, I think one thing that's that's helpful, especially if, if when we focusing on the benefit of the doubt, we got to be very clear about what we're talking about. When we say benefit of the doubt, it's that assumption um, that who you're talking to is operating in good faith, right? Yeah. That, that, that I can believe that your motives are pure in this conversation. And like the way we came together, because the three of us have not met in person, right? Like th- th- this was all born of Twitter for the most part. And there was almost a, a rapidly developed trust that, that came. Um, and some of that happened to be from the fact that there's certain natural natural assumptions that we uh attribute ascribe to black people right like Real oh, stuff. you can understand at least this much about me now as to what you were saying with regards to like extending white people to benefit of the doubt and i need i need y'all to, to hang with me because this ain't about beating up on white people this is about at all i love y'all yeah 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 man um i, I, I love y'all wholeheartedly white people uh I gotta think of something nice to say. Uh, y'all make really good mayonnaise. So um, the, the one of the things about the benefit of the doubt and the reason that we're trying to explain this is because we gotta understand how we can overcome this thing because when we hesitate to extend the benefit of the doubt, it's actually a barrier in community and relationships, right? And one of the things that I've, I've recognized happening in that regard with, with cross-cultural discussions and things of that nature is I can't, I would be a fool to assume that everybody is operating in good faith. Like I would be a fool to extend that to people without doing enough investigation for the simple fact that there's been so many people who seem dead set on whenever I happen to espouse an opinion that differs from there significantly, instead of listening to me to understand my perspective, the automatic reflex is to discredit me and my perspective. Yeah, I hear that. Right. And because I've had that experience so many times, I got to exercise a little bit of caution. I got to exercise some wisdom. I got to exercise some discernment when it comes to having those conversations. Um, And I think like, go ahead, ahead, Robert. Yeah. What I I would say, you know, and I've been thinking of this, I, I love that definition that you're using for us that it's this presumption that, um, the person on the other end of, of of this communique or this relationship is is well intentioned. 
there seems to be this knee-jerk reaction that we should, I would push back and say, why is it that we want community with everyone? Mm. There seems to be this notion in Christianity that we should want community with everyone who has proven that there are people that have proven that they do not want community in the, in the way that you would define community. So for example, there are people who would kill you, murder you and rape you. Do we want community with that person? Now the uninitiated would say, well, yes, I want to bless his soul. Well, Robert J would say, I don't want to dwell <laughs> with that person. And so I think there seems to be almost that benefit of the doubt as you get older and as you become more holy and sanctified, that it is almost a command of Jesus that we should, that it's it, it's there in the Greek and the Hebrew. Benefit of the doubt is a Christian teaching. And I would, I would push back, is it? Is Yo, it? It's so funny that you Go say ahead. that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. But one of the things that was really instilled in me when I got into reform theology is that because, because they are Christian, we should automatically assume the best of them. Ooh. And so we should automatically assume that because someone is a Christian, we reject anything that might be controversial about that person without proof. Child, now turn to your neighbor and dab on them because, <laughs> and that's, that's why I was saying, it's part of the reason why it's hard for me to trust because I mean, we just look at the conception of America and how they were Christian and we should assume the best of them but they wouldn't let us have this podcast. Yeah, I think it's important to recognize some of the language flips <laughs> we do um, in, in the history of this country, because when we say we got to assume the best people because they're Christian, I'm really cautious about having that conversation without being very frank about the fact that for a long time, Christian was a synonym for white in this nation. So when we say like, oh, we have to assume the best about people because they're Christian, what they're really communicating, whether or not they realize it or not. And I said, okay, what that has historically meant is what I should say, was that we have to give the benefit of the doubt or we have to assume the best of white people. Because if you look even back at old legislation from the 17th to 18th centuries, a lot of times it would draw a distinction between Christian people and negroes as if those are mutually exclusive categories right oh um, and i think we got to be really important about that because like you said robert there's this assumption that we should want community with everybody and i'm i'm one of them dudes who i like i like to be a bitch a bridge builder yes but i don't want that to be mistaken as wanting community with everybody i want community with those who have submitted themselves to the lordship of jesus christ which says that um, you are the source of my provision, my strength, my comfort and all that stuff, because I can find community in, in other people who have that humble posture. Yeah. yeah if, and yeah. And I would say, I mean, to be honest, I, it's hard for me to access this conversation because I, I feel like portions of this are, are from portions of doctrine that I, I've actively tried to uproot in my life, right? Because yeah. 
you know, like as we're as we're talking, I mean, you guys are you guys are preaching, preaching about history. And as I survey both church history, as I survey world history, uh, I don't find benefit of the doubt for who? Hmm. I don't benefit or yours. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I don't find mostly goodwill when I survey the history of mankind. I don't find an evidence for trusting humanity when I survey. I don't find it there. And not and so if we're going to localize it even to what we're saying, the church, do we find strong cases for trusting believers even outside of just white supremacy? So even, okay, let's take Europeans aside. Are we finding a, and that's, (laughs) are we finding a, (laughs) are we finding, I mean, just think about it, it, all the way back to Jesus, is there a strong case that church people have been the best people? Hell no. Oh, no. And so, (laughs) and so, and, and, and so what I would say is, and I guess my ultimate pushback is benefit of the doubt helpful as a phrase even. Mm. Okay, so I think it's one of them things and and I'm trying to be very careful here because I don't want to seem like I am preaching or emphasizing or advocating for a theology of suffering at all. But what I do want to say, um, I think given the benefit of the doubt, I, I don't know how helpful of a phrase it is like or beneficial with, with regards to your question, but with regards to understanding the concept, um, I try to look as much as possible at the at the, the the recording of like how Jesus was operating in these moments. And you see that he doesn't assume the best of people or the best intentions in dialogue, right? Like there's this whole notion that, okay, if, I'll give you an example. There's a difference between Nicodemus coming to check the record with Jesus at night behind closed doors and the Pharisees and religious leaders challenging him in the temple courtyards. Yeah. Like there, there, there is a difference between that. And I think Jesus was very cognizant of that. And then when you read the gospels and it talks about, uh, they asked Jesus this question, nine times out of 10, when that question is in a public setting, it's not because they're looking for an answer. It's because they are trying to discredit Jesus. Yeah. So, so when I talk a benefit of the doubt, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about that exchange where is, is Jesus going to answer their question as if they're asking it honestly, or is he going to address them as, as somebody who is adversarial in a sense, right? So when I say it, um, it's almost, I don't want to say it's a neutral term. It's, it's not describing something that we should uh, pursue necessarily. It's just something that, that exists, if that makes sense. Yeah, let me, let me highlight that. So this term is steeped. It's so steep, it's entrenched. And I, I am very, uh, for lack of a better term, I've been this way my whole life. I'm iconoclastic. I always have been this way. Things that are considered holy, we, we have to do it this way. Do we ever have to use benefit of the doubt again, ever? The term itself? Yeah. Nah. Yeah, I don't got to do nothing but stay black and die. 
<laughs> True. Because in and I the reason why I asked that is just at least flipping it on this head because of what you're saying and because I, of what Sam is bringing up. Well, just because I think there's so much um it's such a nuanced position. I mean, just yeah. listening to the three of us go back and forth about what benefit of the doubt look like, you know, what it is, um, who, how it's extended, what affects how we extend it. It's yeah. so nuanced. So yeah. I think even more than that, context is important, right? Like that. strive how to know so? a person's context. How um, so? Give it, tell me more. I mean, something just as simple as instead of automatically pushing back, ask a question to see why they feel that way or where they might be coming from when they say this. Okay. You get what okay. I'm saying? Okay. Um, because I think for people okay. like me who won't naturally extend the benefit of the doubt, any pushback, I'm going to meet with pushback like, yo, you checking me? I'm checking you. You ain't checking nothing over here. That's real. You're not going to pull my card. I'm going to pull your card. Right. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, and it may not even be that way. And I think I recently had a conversation um, with somebody that ended up blocking me, but it is what it is. Um, just for that same thing, right? Like they didn't understand what exactly, I, where exactly I was coming from. me, And I was denying the very thing that they kept accusing me of. And so it was just weird because I'm like, I'm going back and forth. I, I, ex I extend you the benefit of the doubt because I've had conversations with you. And so I know where you're coming from regarding this position, but you can't, you can't see where I'm coming from, why? Wow. I like just... you've not extended the benefit of the doubt to me why what if it's a spectrum i just thought of this as you were talking so mm -hmm. i think benefit of the doubt is almost impossible to something both of you just said um i can't know your context without knowing you and i think benefit of the doubt is impossible without turning your brain off right or like You're just listening yeah, like I, th I think it's it's almost impossible. <laughs> like, like it's impossible. But I think you can extend grace, though, because I'm thinking Ooh. something Trey said earlier. Like, I think it's like I cannot know Trey, but the more I get to know him, I can find out more of his context, and I'm just like it's more clicking to me. I think what it. I can do is not assume the worst about you. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like a spectrum. I think the phrase benefit of the doubt is like assume the best. But I don't have to assume anything about you. Yeah. Yeah. And or that I at least don't have to assume the worst. But right. a benefit of the doubt is like I assume Trey wants to bless me. I assume he's probably a good guy. You no, that I see what you've done for other people. Yeah, I see what you've done for others. But I think that's impossible, right? Like, I don't. But something that I think, it, to be transparent with both of you, yeah. at least what brought us together to something Trey said, 
is we've had even run-ins individually. I think Trey and I, and then Sam and I, um, and uh, we're like, and I think for me personally, because I, I tend to be the most tender-hearted, I was like, ah, we probably not gonna be friends though. <laughs> like we're probably not gonna be friends, but I didn't know your context though. Yeah. And then like each time though, I was surprised. It's like, oh, they're trying to walk in humility. That surprised me. Yo, cause I'm gonna tell you something, Rob, and this don't happen with me often, but I was able to see, see my own self. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really wanted to understand you. So I really tried to put myself in your shoes. And I was yeah. like, dang, dang, that sound like a real jerk. You know what I'm saying? And it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, so I'm tripping. So what should I have done and what can I do different in the future? But I, think that's interesting. I wanted to cultivate a relationship with you because I already valued you. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And that surprised yeah. me. I mean, because Sam, Sam has talked to me reckless. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is before Trey was in the bigger. Sam used to go out and be so reckless. <laughs> I told y'all I'm rough around it. Sam hey. used to come at I me hope. like at my neck, like I was like so punk on the streets. Like, so but I'm you. just direct. Like I wasn't trying to like punk you. And, I, and that's the thing I hate about text is um hey, but scales is falling off though because chat is chat is right like okay so the first i think the first like running that that me and you had robert was over my use of a term um in in a way that i didn't necessarily mean or intended and you perceived it rightfully so like rightfully when i when i understood where you come from i understood all of your anger and everything but it was just a difference in how i intended the term and how you perceived the term and even just now you're talking about the benefit of doubt you talked about that means that like the benefit of doubt is that we assume the best in someone typically if i like without the benefit of the doubt, if, if I do not extend that to you, the way I use the term, I'm assuming the worst of you um, because I, I live in this weird paradox, right? Where I'm, I, I love Jesus and therefore I love people who are made in the image of God. But at the same token, I ascribe to human depravity. I believe that like we are raggedy apart from chasing pursuing living in god's grace meaning that if you come at me sideways i'm gonna give me hands soon now i'm I'm not it's not that like okay like i'm I'm, I'm gonna either extend the best of you or 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 express or assume the best of you no if if i don't see grace immediately i'm going to assume the worst of you i'm going to assume that you are a secret agent of satan like that's that's where i'm at right now so I think that that was like a really important that, that you clarify that definition, because even in that one little nuance, we have two completely different views of the term. Right. Yeah. And, and now I understand if you say that the benefit of the doubt means that I am going to assume the best of you. When me, I hear benefit of the doubt, it means I'm not going to assume the worst of you, which is a subtle but very important distinction. Yeah, I think for me, and, and this is kind of to, to Sam's point earlier, I think and and he ascribed it what uh, in in his earlier point uh to fears and hurts from white people and i have those two and we'll we'll get, we'll say that in a minute uh cuz i want to localize some of those i i i have fears and hurts with people in general so i don't assume the best about people um i did as a younger man uh, i'm a jaded man now I don't assume the best about people because um, human beings are walking around <laughs> um, I feel you, man. being people. 
Uh, but I, I feel like, you know, and I was thinking this earlier is like, we don't parent our kids to assume the benefit of the doubt. And so we don't, we parent our kids to assume the worst Mm -hmm. we do. Uh, Although we send them mixed signals, play with Johnny. He's a good boy. Don't trust that man because he's a stranger assume evil intent stranger danger bad 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 mommy's good (laughs) and we send them all these signals but then in the church we do this weird thing everyone under the blood to sam's point they are good people they're (laughs) such good people and that's weird and so what i want yeah yeah and i want to say i don't think it's healthy because there's a discernment piece that I think it robs us of and there's dissonance that builds up and there's a disembodiment that happens. It's absolutely unhelpful. It is, it is counterintuitive for the simple fact that if it is made known that by mere virtue of claiming to be a part of this church, I, you earn the benefit of the doubt from these people. The message, the message that you're communicating to people who are depraved or of, of, of unsound and unstable minds is that the moment I join this organization, I now have cover because they have to, they have been trained mm. to assume the best of me. And I think that's very important. Exactly. Say that. Yeah. Right. So, so, so when, when we have this whole conversation about the benefit of the doubt, like, it's going to sound jarring to some people listening to this, but I'm like, no, I should not give you the benefit of the doubt until you earn it for the fact that uh, that's, that's dangerous. That is, that is, you are opening the gateway for all sorts of abuse and harm to happen to people if we do not treat or, or, or train people to, to guard against that harm. So the idea that, oh, we have to trust everybody who claims Christ, like, no, that doesn't make any sense because guess what? Satan knew the scriptures too. And that's why right. he took Jesus to the mountaintop and started quoting them at him, trying to, trying to trip him up. No, you need to, you need to exercise some discernment. That is a gift of the spirit for a reason. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't want it to get lost though. And and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. We're not saying that we shouldn't engage others in meaningful or thoughtful yeah. conversation. Yeah. It's not what we're saying. At, at least that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying. But at the same <laughs> token, I do want to issue a warning that like, I can't assume that the conversation you want to have with me is thoughtful and meaningful. <laughs> and that's the, the crux of it to me. Because right. And yeah, I mean, like the elephant in the room, it's election time. Uh, racial justice and tensions in America. There's so much on the table, especially when you think cross-culturally, there's a lot on the table there. Um, I mean, even within our own communities, there's things, but you know, I don't really like the air out dirty laundry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think there's, there's gotta be a balance to that in yeah. Let, me, let me crystallize. Let me give you a solid example of what I'm talking about. So a few weeks back, I, I put out this little mini thread and I was talking about how um, we have to stop giving airtime to people who use woke as a pejorative, because what they really mean in many cases is like when, when they when they use woke as a pejorative, that is a substitute for the term uh, N-word lovers. What I said, I put the little asterisks and everything because I ain't trying to get put in Twitter jail. I said that and the vast majority of people understood where I was coming from. But the people yeah. who did not or maybe they understood, they just didn't like where I was going with it. They got loud and they would sit there and sometimes ask questions like, oh, what do you mean? Do you have 
have a scripture citation for that. And the tone, I can tell that they were not asking that question genuinely, because I can take you to scripture and point how like, no, this is a dangerous thing we're going. I can take you to scripture and talk about how that's a road to apostasy. When you use that word against somebody who is claiming Christ and trying to share the love of Christ in in a pejorative fashion, I I can show you, but the way they asked it was such that they were trying to delegitimize my witness. I'm under no compulsion to have an honest or meaningful conversation with you on those grounds. Absolutely. But but when you take that word away from them, you're taking away their ability in their mind and in their community, whatever that community is, reform, big Eva, whatever, uh, to delegitimize you off rip. Because once you get labeled as woke or Marxist or whatever, at that point, Anything you say from here on now is devalued. Precisely. No I, matter how much scholarship you have, every degree gonna go out the door and they put you where they want you. Precisely. Can I, can, can we talk about just for a moment about the benefit of the doubt or not towards I will, I'll localize it a bit towards uh, white people on social media, since you're using that uh, example. Thoughts on it? All right, this what this what I'm this what I'm gonna say right here, and it's gonna sound. Uh, white people, I apologize. I love you dearly from the bottom of my of my, of really my sanctified do. heart. I do. This is us. This is a three black man podcast. This, so you're is. here so because you love us. Right. Yeah. We love you. So right. this is that bridge building time. Okay. Look, so y'all retweeted them roasts. Yeah. So Gert, so Gert, so Gert, that moins. Yeah. We're, here. We're, we're, we're fellowshipping, dancing. It's together. all love. I promise you. I you feel me? You. We love y'all from yeah. the bottom of our hearts, man. But this is what I'm going to say on that. I do not extend the benefit of the doubt to any white person who engages me on social media until they give me reason to. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm going to make you jump through hoops or anything of the sort. If you come respectfully in our first interaction, I will respond in kind. That is how that occurs. But there are certain parts of me that I will keep guarded. There are certain elements of me that until I recognize that you are coming to dialogue instead of monologue, right? Like uh, until I, I, you, I see that you're coming from uh, or seeking an exchange of ideas and seeking to understand my perspective, I'm not gonna share too much with you because there's this um, thing, I, I joke about it sometimes, but I don't even know if it's their fault, but American white males are bred to believe that their perspective ought to outweigh the perspective of just about everybody else. So often- Is that in- what you learned when you change the AVI for an hour? <laughs> that is, absolutely. When I was John Calvin for an hour, I found this out wholeheartedly. It was it was, tans- it was intoxicating. But in that moment, here's what I'm gonna say. Like, um, there, there's this thing where I will have a conversation and without even knowing it, a lot of times people end up taking a professorial tone towards me, acting like they can teach me something. I'm like, you- don't know anything about me. I make it a a practice of not including degrees or credentials in my bio because it's none of your business, but it would be wise of you to assume until I give you reason 
not to believe so that, that I might know a thing or two. And for that reason, I'm very guarded until I recognize that you are operating in humility as I do, because I don't pretend to know everything. If I'm, if I'm like, I'm not going to go and speak on LGBTQ issues authoritatively because I don't know. So when, when, when certain white people come to me and want to talk about things I need to talk about, like if I want to talk to you about how the electoral college is racist and you want to teach me about, no, absolutely three fifths compromise. Like, why are you assuming I don't know this? You feel me? <laughs> so until you give me a reason to believe that you are, are operating in humility and willing to listen to what I have to say, like, no, I'm, I'm not going to give you that benefit I, of the I doubt. I feel you. A big for you, Sam. What do you think? Um, I mean, anybody that I see that wants to make any human rights issue um, political, I'm not going to take you seriously. Um, I can't because we're talking about human rights issues, bro. Before politics, human rights, like we don't need to legislate. We, you can't legislate human rights. It's a human right. So that I, any, if I look at your profile (laughs) and I see that you're making it political, nah, I'm not. See, that's the funny thing. I kind of learned from Rob. Because you say you can't legislate a human right. This is America. That That's what we're built on. Literally, like the United States of America would not exist if we did not include the right to legislate human rights in that original document. And the fact is, and I don't say that like, like correct or nothing. That's not what I'm doing here. But what I'm saying is if I have that okay. conversation and your immediate reaction is to sit there and correct me and be like, no, they had to do a compromise. Like, no, listen to the words I'm actually saying. Because <laughs> because at the end of the day, like, if, 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 like you say, if, if your whole goal is to politicize human rights, what that tells me is that you are more wedded to the American ethos than you are critical examination of anything you believe. Bro, people yeah. act like all men are created equal because the Constitution says so and not because of the Imago Day. Ooh, pass that plate. That's a bar. Hit that cash I, That's out. a whole bar. I know. <laughs> I Here's the thing. I, I very much agree with both of you. I don't extend the benefit of the doubt to my white uh, sisters and brothers online simply because they have proven untrustworthy yeah. as a collective. I was going to say, not I'm, specifically. Yeah, and that, that might feel Not harsh. all white people. Not all white people. <laughs> not, not all you crossed the line, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> now listen, now sin is collective. Sin uh-huh. is communal. Ooh. And, and judgment is communal. And just as we teach children to protect themselves from harm, um, the marginalized have to shield themselves from harm when they have been in harm's way for a long amount of time. So I, as a black man who sit at the intersection of some interesting uh, marginalization, I see and experience harm both in my actual life, in real life, and online. Some of the meanest, foulest people online are Christians, white Christians. Now, I know that's a hard word to hear. I told you to gird your loins. And I know you might feel, not me, not my church. And I'm, I don't even know if it's not your church because you're a white Christian. So you might not think it's your church. But if I spend a day there, I might tell you your church is trash. 
Ooh. So what I would say is I don't extend the benefit of the doubt to you as an individual until you have proven otherwise. And that might feel harsh, but that is what it is. And part of repentance, restoration, and walking in newness of life is you restoring that good works that have been prepared for you beforehand to restore the relationship that has been broken down. So we part need a of soundboard with an organ. <laughs> with, the, with the air on the... <laughs> And part no, of we're supposed to play shout music and get the collection after <laughs> part of reconciliation is doing the works necessary and slowing things down enough to do your individual work and collective work to repair the breach. And that might feel harsh, you individual white woman, you individual white man, to say, I don't want to do that. I just want to slide through. Well, I am sorry. Mm -hmm. hashtag but i'm not sorry because you are coming in the line of maybe you're a reformed man and you're like i'm the one person that's not a jerk sorry there are a lot of you on this internet who are being jerks and so you need to come through and reconcile and that's a that's an actual fact and it sounds harsh when you say it like that but let, let me let me paint a little picture and tell you why that actually makes sense right if i were to walk into your church right now with a red flannel shirt on and some jeans with a red bandana hanging out the back of of, of my pants um and and a red uh uh Cincinnati Reds cap on and everything, you would rightfully reason that I was a member of the blood gang, right? Now, that might make you feel uncomfortable in that moment. And I could say like, no, I don't do none of that stuff you thinking about. But based upon uh, enough of the information you had, you would reasonably be a little, uh, operate a little cautiously. So some people are automatically gonna uh, attribute all sorts of negative traits to uh, saying things like that. But at the same time, it, it, there's a certain level of wisdom in being able to discern uh, <laughs> like, like the fact that we, America has told us this lie that we get to be judged individually all the time. Right. <laughs> and that's and not a I, yeah and i think what's what what people who know me they know i'm loving they know i'm giving a, a lot all three of us they know we are the sad part is the world has shaped us that we have to be this way to not extend that to be able to freely live in a world where we can be vulnerable and right. to be able to live unhindered so like they know us, they see us interacting with white people all day. They see us loving, they see us sharing resources. They see us Letting laughing. them in our lives to an extent. Yeah, they, we they post see our it. family members. Yeah, yeah, they Ugh. see, I yeah. mean, you see us all day. I mean, you can see us on Twitter all day, almost every day, extending love and grace and care. Absolutely. I think the sad part to one of, to part of Trace point is, there is something that is lost though because of what has been stolen from us by we cannot give the benefit of the doubt mm. because and I, and I was, of the world that has shaped us. Go ahead. And, and I was gonna say, it really shouldn't be controversial um, that you would say that you don't extend the benefit yeah. and why. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give an anecdote 
so um my my youngest daughter is 18 months she's walking yeah. and so we go for walks every day twice a day and uh before i leave my wife always looks at me to make sure that i don't appear hostile in my presentation mm. i have locks i got dreadlocks she told me um several times when they're not pulled back pull them back in a ponytail because it makes you look less hostile she wants people to give me the benefit of the doubt wow despite all those other people that i might look like and what they may or may not do but to extend it to me mm. and unfortunately historically that don't happen to us and so it shouldn't be controversial because we literally just giving them their energy back. Oof. Oof. I mean, it's heavy, but I mean, that's the reality of the world that we live in. That's why we got this podcast, yeah. right? Like that's, Trey, you got goals. You got, you got a grill. <laughs> like, you, you know what I'm saying? You're not a small dude. You look tall. So like, you know what I'm saying? So you understand, I mean, even you Rob, like you from Chicago, you black man from Chicago, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure we deal with that every day in some yeah, way or another. We could we could do a whole episode on just giving anecdotes about the time where the benefit of the For doubt real. clearly was not extended to us. And maybe clearly. one day, maybe one day we will, because y'all really don't be believing us. Like when we speak in generality, so I'm gonna have to go through like point by point. But I think that's a very prescient point you just made because a lot of times people expect a benefit of the doubt extended to them that they have not yet made a practice of extending themselves. E. coli. <laughs> e. coli, E. coli. Uh, e. K-O-C, I'm talking about yellow boys. So, oh, sure. But they're, they're like, I've, I've been speaking this whole time about uh, extending the benefit of the doubt without even thinking about whether or not that same privilege has been afforded us, right? Because like, I, I talk in terms of how people approach me, but when I think about it, that that, that person approaching me in, in public for that honor challenge hasn't really extended me the benefit of the doubt either. Because if they were, what they would do is they would go to Nicodemus route instead of the the, the Pharisee in the temple courtyard route. You know what I'm saying? Like if you, if, if the benefit of the doubt were extended in the first place, you you could have DM me or hit me in, in the replies instead of quote tweeting me or whatever it is. But I think that's, that's, that's super real. The fact that like, yo, why is the onus to, to, to issue the benefit of the doubt in an unwise fashion when people have already shown that they're not willing to yeah. do the same? Yeah. Let me, let me, uh, ask this. And then, um, I want Sam to ask his question and, um, get the replies to that. I um, I, well, I want to say this, um, and then <laughs> Sam asked his question. Um, so, I did this experiment uh, some months back. I took out all of the credentials um, out of my bio to see how people would move towards me, um, especially white, white people interacting with me for the first time. And it was very, very intriguing <laughs> um, the, to uh, Trey's point. 
um, the amount of condescension. I mean, there's a general condescension on that professorial tone that you talked about, Trey, is already real. I mean, it could be anything I, that I'm already even an expert in um, that people will really be schooling you on. It's like, bruh, relax. <laughs> but that literally intensified and magnified. I took it out actually for two months. And the amount of disrespect on disrespect that I got when I was a quote unquote nobody when I was just a normal brother on Twitter. I heard if you change the AVI, I'll let it change. I know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> God will bless you. No, and it was so intriguing that when people just thought I was just a regular black dude, the way that people perceived my tone, that people perceived my level of education, the way that people perceived the way that I was coming at topics, was wild. I mean, it was actually, it was intriguing. I mean, I just took notes because it was, I normally got um, perceived as being way too aggressive, even though I'm like, my thoughts of myself, I'm the least aggressive person. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm like, wow, this is wild. <laughs> um, but then when I put back all of those credentials, my like followers like went up by like, uh, 1500 people um like and it was wild i'm like wow all these people people with blue checks started coming they're like wow all these people started retweeting my stuff and i'm like wow i'm about to change my bio hold on now yeah you know it was just wild and i'm like i'm not saying anything i wasn't saying when the when i didn't have credentials in my bio huh wow so but yeah, so that that's just something to think about because we're talking about giving it to others and then yeah. talking about the benefit of the doubt not being extended to us. 